Thank you for tuning in to the Rose Medal Podcast hosted by Emily Watson. Once an athlete, always an athlete. Rose Medal's mission is to provide resources and support for current and former athletes. This is also a resource for parents of athletes to help know how to support them. In this podcast with Alicia, we will be talking about performance anxiety, overcoming a back injury, transferring schools, and handling coaches not believing in you. Okay, I have Alicia Peters here. Um, so Alicia and I used to play together in Chico, California, back when we were super young. Um, so I'm excited to have Alicia here. Um, Alicia plays softball at the professional level in Australia. She graduated from the University of Wisconsin at Green Bay. She has two associate's degrees, a bachelor's degree, and a master's degree. She is currently working on a second master's degree, which she will be graduating with this spring. In her free time, she has a dog that she loves to take with her uh, to go paddleboarding, and she loves coaching youth softball teams and coaching lessons. So thank you for being on this podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. So your degrees are in psychology, social behavior, health and wellness management, and you're working on rehab counseling. So how did you choose those degree paths and how did transferring schools impact your schooling? Um, so when I got to my junior college, it's like the first day you go and you register for your classes and they ask you, like, what are your interests? And I told them like, oh, I kind of like counseling, um, helping others. They said, okay, do you want to go like more medical field? I was like, nope, I cannot do needles. I can't see blood, none of that stuff. They said, okay, so your options are probably going to be like psychology and um, human services. I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I'll do psych. And then halfway through, they're like, oh, well, you got one more. If you get take one more class, then you can do another degree in psych social behavior, and I'll help you further on. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that for sure. And then I got to Buffalo, and I just – you know, I'm already had this psych one, so I just, I'll just continue with that. And then at Green Bay with the um, health and wellness management, I kind of just, I honestly just picked what I thought was going to be an easier degree because I was like, I'm kind of done. I did my bachelor's. I just want to focus on softball more. So my coach like, hey, well, this is like an online program. And I went and I turned out, I absolutely loved it. Like I think further on in my career, I will be a health and wellness manager. Um, so that's how I got into that. And then for the rehab counseling degree, um, it was just, I had to choose what kind of avenue I want to go into counseling and rehab, um, especially like with substance abuse always intrigued me. So that's kind of how I picked that. Okay, nice. So with your junior college, you did, how fast did you finish your degrees on that? Those two degrees? Um, two years. Okay. And then did you graduate from Buffalo? I did. So I got my bachelor's from Buffalo and this um, rehab counseling degree master's will be from Buffalo once it's done. Okay. Um, and then you were grad transfer and you got the um, health and wellness from Green Bay? Yes. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so with all of that, um, do you feel like you would have done different degrees if you weren't a student athlete? Like, did it affect your... Um, your schedule like you're like you said yeah. you're really tired and stuff like how did that yeah. affect everything I honestly if I'm being completely honest I don't know if I would have gone to college right away if I was if I wasn't um an athlete um I I mean softball's been my whole life it still is currently and that was the only thing I was focused on I never like when I during the recruitment process um 
coach is like, oh, what, what are you looking to do? I was like, I want to play softball. Like, I want to go pro. I want to see how far it takes you. And all the coaches like, okay, that's awesome. I love that answer. But what kind of degree do you want? Like, we got, you got to think about that a little bit. Softball will only take you so far, you know. We don't make yeah. much professionally. So I was like, okay, um, I guess counseling. But I don't – if I wasn't a student athlete, I don't – think it would have been different because it's still something I'm passionate about yeah Um, but yeah yeah I can relate with that because like I feel like I went to college to play softball like I didn't yeah for sure I never had any type of like what do you want to be when you grow up I was always just like yeah well I don't know yeah exactly that's how I was too I'd always like I want to go Olympics I'm gonna go pro all this stuff and my dad be like okay yeah like they're never my parents never sat me down like hey you gotta think of a career too (laughs) (laughs) I think the only one that did that was uh my high school coach Tallarico he was like okay Alicia let's be realistic for a minute (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) yeah I I just remember um like I never really thought of like what I would be passionate about I just kind of thought like what can I get like what kind of degree would I get that would be like the most value when I yeah playing softball and I don't know I kind of wish I thought of it differently of like what was I what would I actually be passionate about because I ended up in um switching my majors like halfway Mm -hmm. through college yeah yeah I feel like they do that with so many student athletes I mean like I know so many football and basketball players who they still are just one track to the NBA or the NFL and most likely that's not going to happen to you right no one sits them down says like hey, what, what are you going to do instead? I mean, I know so many guys from Buffalo that they thought they were going to the NBA or afterwards, and now they're back at their parents just, you know, working a minimum wage job, which is nothing wrong with that. But if someone would have sat them down and right. said, hey, let's think about a career. I mean, right. that's just how it is in athletics, though, at so many schools. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, people yeah. – like it's super great to have that big goal but you also have to yeah. have a backup plan which is what the degree is for Not for um, sure. so so a little bit of a change of subject so you've told me that you've had back issues kind of off and on um and then one day it just kind of went away so tell me about your experience with your back issues yeah um so when I got to Buffalo I started having the worst back pain and our training staff was not the best. I mean, you basically had to be sticking out of you to go see an actual doctor or get an x-ray, MRI, like anything like that. So I would just always go in the training room like, hey, this is what's happening. Like, it feels like I can't breathe at times, you know, and it turned out to be some spasms were going on because I kept having like a rib displaced. Um, so my trainer, she just put the we're back in place, give me some ibuprofen and call it good. And then it was just getting so severe um, throughout my years that they would just start giving me muscle relaxers to try to help it. And I remember my first time, it was my first year at Buffalo. And I took one because I was having really bad pains. Like I just, I couldn't move off my bed. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I took it on. It's like instantly like, no, I should not be taking this. I don't know why they gave them to me. I mean, they would give me like seven each year. I'm like, hey, make it last a season yeah. sort of thing. Um, so that was always really frustrating for me. It's like, no, I'd rather get to the root cause. Like, this isn't normal. I don't want pills. I want to like be fixed, basically. I want to see a right. doctor. And then um, 
my third year at Buffalo, I was in absolute excruciating pain all the time, basically. And it was a year, I remember, we really didn't have any catchers. And so they said, hey, we need people to step up to, you know, just catch bullpens. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Like, I'm a team captain. It's kind of my job to always step up when we need something like that. And that just made it so worse. I remember one time after catching bullpen, I stood up and I, like, passed out from the pain. Um, Yeah, and it was was terrible. Um, And then I think it was about a week later, I was in lift. And, I mean, it's still not really getting any better. And I cleaned and something popped and I instantly went down. So I got sent home. And then I went back the next day to the trainers and they say, okay, we'll get you some more muscle relaxers. You can have them this year again. And in my head, I'm like, I know, absolutely. I should not be having them. You know, they give me the same spiel, seven pills, make it last sort of thing. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I went home and this was like pain I've never felt before. Like my legs started going numb and I was sitting on my bed and it was getting to the point so bad that I was like I really couldn't breathe like I was taking really short shallow breaths and so I get up trying to get up actually because I was so hard to move um to try to get these muscle relaxers because I was like hey I haven't taken one since that first time but maybe this will help and I like go to my bathroom to try to get them and I'm like the only one home at my apartment at the time my um roommates were out of town And I collapsed on the floor. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, this is it. Like, I literally think I'm going to die. I can't move. I'm barely breathing. And I started like screaming. I was like, God, please help me. Like, I I don't know what else to do. Like, please don't let me die like this. Like, I don't want to go yet. And then I remember falling. And the next morning I woke up to my dog. Um, She was like licking my face. And I like stood up. I had no pain. And then like for the rest of the season, I was fine. And like every once in a while, my my back will tie up, but. I think it's more like an overuse thing now, but yeah, since that day. Yeah. Wow. That's really crazy. And I feel like yeah. a lot of it was just like believing like you can, that you can heal it because there's no, nothing else that can, that can heal it other than yeah. your belief because that no one else yeah. can help you. So you also mentioned to me that you've experienced performance anxiety. So what kind mm-hmm. of performance anxiety did you experience and why did you feel that way? Um, so well, out of high school, I went to junior college. And I mean, growing up, I don't think I ever had problems with like being scared to perform performance anxiety, like being stressed out on the field. Like, I simply played the game I love. And I played like with my heart, my sleeve, like no worries, nothing at all like that. I mean, maybe there's like once or twice that I was like, you know, there's a college recruit at your game the first time and you get a little nervous to make a mistake. But that's kind of it. So then I go to junior college, and you know, at junior college, your job is to get out. That's what you're trying to do. You want to get out as fast as you can and to the best possible school. So the other thing is, though, you're competing with however many girls on your team to get that, you know? Right. Like a lot of times, you're probably not competing with your teammates, but at junior college, it's different because everyone's going to be a utility. Everyone can play anywhere. Everyone wants playing time. Everyone wants the coach to be helping them, you know? So... Um, I got really nervous because, like, I have these big goals. I want to go Division One. I, I want to try to go Power 5, you know. I want to hopefully get a good scholarship offer so I don't have to um, be taking out lots of loans. But that's everyone's goal. So, for me, I did not handle it very well. Um, part of it was, like, I'm young. 
I'm from a small town, you know, I didn't play for the most competitive um, teams. Yeah. So I don't, you know how it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was just like, and then I'm here and everyone has the same goals as me. I mean, growing up, I think it was me and maybe two other girls at PV, my high school that wanted to go play in college, you know, at a high level. And then same with travel ball, it was me, maybe two or three other girls. Yeah. So then you come to an environment where it's every single one. And we had about almost 30 girls on that team. It was crazy. And yeah. yeah, I just, I didn't handle it well. And so my performance was absolute trash. And I look back at it like, oh my God, I wish I could just shake little Alicia. I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Snap out of it. Like, you're fine. But yeah, like when you just feel like the pressure of your whole future is on the line, um, yeah. it's hard to perform. And that's also why we have our mentorship program with the Rosemount mm-hmm. Foundation. We have a, a mentorship program for like exact moments like that where you can you can talk to young athletes and be like, hey, like you actually have this. Like I've been there and I know yeah. it. No, exactly. But, uh, that's so important. Yeah. And I know like for us being from a small area where softball isn't really huge, it's like it can be so weird going from like there's only a couple of people who are really serious about softball to like mm-hmm. everyone serious about it. And it can be like yeah. Really overwhelming. Yeah. No, that that's a perfect word to describe. It's just overwhelming. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I didn't handle it very well. The pressure, um, any of it. And every single day I was just like, Oh my God, if I don't perform well at practice, my coach isn't going to recommend me to the next school that calls her. Right. And I mean, obviously it's not like that, you know, you right. can have a bad day and your future is not on the line every single day like that, you know? So exactly, exactly. Like it, it's not about how you perform. It's about how much effort you put in. Exactly. And it, it's funny you say that because the time I started getting recruited by schools, I, um, I was playing, I forget who we were playing, but um, there was a college recruiter there and I got in the game and I'm still like in a batting slump. Like I'm not doing well at all. And then all of a sudden I die. I decided to dive head first for a foul ball into like a cement wall. I kid you not. And I remember standing up and like my eyes are like loopy. My coach on the field. She's like, how many fingers am I holding? I'm like, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. I go back to third base. Like, like you're not pulling me. I see college recruiters here. We're like about to win this game. Like I want to be here. I want to be competing on the field right now. Yeah. And after that moment, that's when I started getting um, recruited out of the junior college. Like, it wasn't – like, I didn't hit a home run. I didn't make an outstanding play. Like, I literally just dove into a wall, like, giving it my all. Yeah, exactly. You just gave it your all, and you didn't mm-hmm. let anything back you down. Like Exactly. That, that's great. That's a perfect example. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned also that, like, you've felt rejection from coaches. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you've talked a lot about, like, your coaches – maybe not believing in you so like what what has that been like and what advice can you give another athlete who's going through that as well yeah for sure um well like growing up in the town in Chico you know you say you want to go division one you say you want to you know go pro and people are like yeah okay you're probably going to go to Butte and that's you're finishing your career at Butte maybe you transfer to Chico State right um so it's just like always hearing that growing up it sucks it's like no like I'm different I swear like I'm working so hard and it's, like, people still don't take you seriously. So, like, okay, whatever. And you have to, like, learn, like, hey, screw you. I know what I can do. I know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to stop till I get there. Yes. Yeah. So, like, you know, it makes you pretty strong. And then 
when you get to junior college or for me when I got to my junior college it's like oh shoot I'm now a very small fish in a big pond and okay you know what I'm not the best right now that's okay I can work harder and I'll get there and then you do it and then you go to your four year it's like oh again I'm not I'm a very small fish in the ocean right now so and sometimes it doesn't help when you have coaches <laughs> that tell you that you're trash I mean yeah. you know some coaches think that's the way to motivate their players and I understand all coaches have a job to do and that's to win and that's how they feed their family but sometimes they don't pick the best routes to it right um I've had a lot of coaches you know at the division one level and junior college level say things like nope, you're going to be a 200 hitter the rest of your life. That's just who you are. You can't fix it. Or they, you know, they say, <laughs> I had a coach tell, tell our whole team, like, if you guys are trash, and if I could replace you with the Puerto Rican little league team, I would the men's team, not the women's team. I want to make that clear. So um, it was very random, but you know, it's just hearing things like that. And then when you start hearing it so much, you start believing it. Right. And, you know, then it's just like, yeah, you're right. Oh, I, I went one for four today. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm supposed to do. I'm only a 250 hitter. So yeah. that's okay. But then it's like in the back of your mind, you're miserable. It's like, I know this isn't who I'm supposed to be. Like, I know I can be better. I'm not happy with my performance. I'm not helping my team the best that I can. So it's exactly. like, yeah, you're just fighting two sides. You're fighting yeah. that voice that's outside that you hear from like your coach or a teammate or whoever. And then you have that voice inside. Like, no you can do better. I know you can. Yeah. And unfortunately at the end of the day, it has to be you who's up. It does. Yeah. All that does is bring you down. Like for sure. I had, I have really supportive parents who like, anytime I felt like I was getting down myself, they were like, wait, why? Like, you Mm -hmm. know, so Mm -hmm. it, it, you kind of have to rely on yourself, rely on whoever, like, um, because sometimes coaches, I feel like we've all had that, like where a coach just, does not believe in you and yeah luckily I experienced that before college um Mm -hmm. but I can I can imagine that being like a in college like you really got to be strong for that yeah no for sure and I bless my dad because I'd call him crying all the time he's like well you were so good you know growing up you made it out like just go out there and have fun like he'd always say just have fun and then you'll play great it's like dad like I love you so much for saying that. And I understand what you're saying because it is like you are just supposed to have fun. And they say, if you have fun, you'll play great. But when you get to a certain level, it is a job. And there's so much more on the line than just, you know, having like just a win or loss. Like you have a scholarship. How are you going to pay for schooling? If you lose that scholarship, you have a starting position, you know? Yeah. Um, So when I went to Green Bay, that's when I really started performing how I always knew I can in college. And I think the biggest thing, I mean, like, I still had coaches and teammates or parents, you know, whoever, um, just, you know, try to bring you down, try to talk negative to you. And I finally learned just to be like, hey, screw you. Yeah. Like, I don't care if I just struck out last at bat, screw you. I will hit a home run this next one. Yeah. And, like, starting to finally believe it. Um, so with all your experiences, what was one mm-hmm. of your favorite, what was your favorite moment while competing? Um... It would have to be when we were playing um, LSU when I was at Buffalo and my dad finally came out to a game, you know, being from California, going to school in New York, he never really came out to see games before this moment. And this was, um, this was my third year because my first year he just, he couldn't come. 
Um, my second year, COVID happened, so, you know, season shut down. Third year, he finally comes out to the East Coast to watch me play, and we're at LSU, and I'm just thinking, like, the whole plane ride to LSU, I'm like, oh, I get to see my dad. I was like, but of course he picks, you know, we're going to go play in SEC school. <laughs> they made just supers last year. Of course he's coming to this one. Like, I want to show out for him, and so um, we, before that, we played ULL, and oh my god they're an amazing team and I did pretty good against ULL and then we go and play OSU Oklahoma State and you know they're coming off like I think they're at the World Series the past year so I'm like great and my dad's just in the stands with his camera and you know he's waving he's smiling he's so happy to be there and I end up doing really good against OSU too I I think I went like two for four and so I'm like oh okay cool cool and now we're playing on national tv on ESPN against LSU and I look up, you know, I see my dad before my first step out. And I'm like walking to the play. I'm like, oh, don't just like, let's just try to make contact. That's all I want. I don't care if it's a foul ball. I want to make contact. And then just show my dad I can play with the SEC girls. Yes. And um, my first step bat, I remember it so vividly. I like took a, there was a ball. I took it. I step out. I could like see my coach. And he's like, he's doing whatever I, I try not to even look at him sometimes honestly so I step back I step back in the box and it was like an out-of-body experience I hit a home run and it was like the coolest thing ever just seeing it go out and then you know you look around you're like I'm at like the Tiger Stadium and that just happened I remember rounding the bases and I look up to find my dad in the stands and this is the first college home run he's ever seen of me. Like, he's never seen me hit a college home run before this moment. This is, like, my third, my fourth year in college at this point. Yeah. And he's, like, wiping a tear from his face. And he's standing up and he's clapping. And then I get back into the dugout and I turn around. And I see the usher handing him the softball. And this was, like, the, this was my favorite moment, seeing the usher hand him the softball. Because, you know, growing up and watching the College World Series, you always see that. You always see the ushers going to get the home run balls and, like, finding the parents. Yeah. I told my dad, I was like, Dad, that's going to be me one day. Like, I'll get you a home run ball one day. And then, so I'm, like, choked up because it was so oh, special. That, that um, warms my heart. Yeah, but it's like, I'm going to mid-majors. and like, I'm not even trying. I'm not going to the World Series. Like, I won't give my dad this experience. Like, I'm basically trying to make a conference tournament. We don't have NCAAs on our mind. You know, we're trying to make top six in the conference. Yeah. Just to try to win it. <laughs> and so I was so happy I could give my dad that moment. Like, I came through on my promise. And I could see. I watched the usher hand him the softball. And it was so special. Oh, that is so special. I, yeah. I love that. That's. Yeah definitely one of my favorite stories yeah yeah and to this day he has like in a little acrylic box and <laughs> sits right on his desk and he like shows everyone <laughs> he's so proud I love that he is it's so cute <laughs> that's so cute um okay so moving on to transitioning out of out of softball out of sports mm-hmm. so you you just had your summer and mm-hmm. that- that's so far what you, you've experienced and you're leaving for Australia in like a week. So yeah. what are you expecting this transition out of playing college softball to be like? And, you know, what do you expect it to be like when you're done playing for good? And like, mm-hmm. how are you pre- preparing for life after college? Yeah, um, I think this was probably the weirdest summer. This is the first summer I haven't been playing softball. And so... I was like, what do I do with my life? Like, is this what normal people do? Is this like what the NARPs do all the time? Like, 
you just sit around and you're just like, hmm, what to do? Like, I guess I'll go to work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, this time I coached a 12U team. And so that's, you know, I'm at tournaments, but I'm at tournaments coaching now. <laughs> so it was very hard for me and different. And, um, you know, the process to go overseas to play, it's just like college recruitment. Like, it's a lot of waiting around. It's reaching out to people trying to get a yes, trying to, you know, negotiate contracts. And just the whole summer, um, I was like, oh, my God, am I going to play again? Like, this is so scary. I'm not signed to a team yet. Um, the winter season for Australia and New Zealand's coming up. Yeah. Um, so it was very nerve-wracking. But it was also – I learned a lot about myself. I think I learned, you know, just how bad I want this, how bad I want to succeed still, and how bad I want to play. And I think that was a nice reminder because, I mean, playing softball is just, is just something I always did. It was like a habit. It's like, it was like basically brushing your teeth, like going out and practice every day. It's just something I had to do because, you know, I come back from summer and I got softball, you know, season. I got fall ball for college. You know, you got past year fitness tests and all this other stuff. So yeah. it was definitely like a learning moment. I was like, yeah. I have to actually think about getting myself up after out of bed, going for a run, going to the gym, going to go practice. And it's yeah. like, I don't have anyone to practice with. I have to go figure out how to do this by myself. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was definitely eye-opening, but I think it was good because it's like, I want this so bad that I'm doing, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do anything I can um, to get there. And now, like, you know, going overseas, um, I know it's not going to be as competitive as I experienced in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been thinking about that like, recently. But my, I, you know, my end goal is to end up playing in the U.S. again, you know, for Athletes Unlimited or the WPF and some, yeah. you know. So it's like I, no matter what it is over there, I just have to keep reminding myself. I have to find a way to make myself better, to yeah. be so competitive, to keep working hard. Um, yeah you know, just to be able to get back here and play yeah, um, in that competitive environment. But I haven't really thought about retiring yet and hanging up the cleats. Um, I think as soon as I stop loving the work part of it, you know, like everyone loves the games, everyone loves the highs of the games, everyone loves like hitting a home run or making a cat, like, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. So I think as soon as I stop loving the hard parts, you know, going for your run, doing fitness testing, lifting going to practice when you're tired after work um that's when I'll stop but at this point in my life I don't see it stopping anytime soon like I always tell people I'm probably gonna play until I just can't move anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah and even then I'll find a beer league or something to play in but yeah like I see like so many female athletes finally say like it's different when you're not in college anymore because now you have a job and you think about maybe do I start a family am I going to get married soon what does that mean for my career and I was like I'm finally starting to see that side of it and it's not fun but are you planning on like finding a job with like on the rehab counseling kind of um Um, are you waiting so right now I think my um my idea of what I'm going to do is when I come back from Australia I'm going to start finding like an actual career job Mm-hmm. And I kind of talked to uh, my program director. And I told her, like, hey, I'm still – I still want to play. I don't know if it's going to be overseas or in the States next. But either way, like, I think it's going to have to be a remote job. So that way – because I can't be taking however months 
you know, Athletes Limited or WPF or overseas requires me to take off to be able to play. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of my thought process. I think I want to go into health and wellness management for right now. Okay. Um, That's kind of, that's the, when I was in that program, that's what stuck the most with me. And that's what I liked the most. Mm -hmm. Um, I think rehab counseling, I love it. I hopefully do do that one day, but that kind of career, because I'll be dealing with people in like such vulnerable states, I want to be fully present for them. Right. um, I can't, I don't want to be, you know, sitting in the office trying to help someone recover from an addiction or whatever it is. And then like, oh, I got to go practice right now. Actually, I can't finish this, you know? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, yeah, that wouldn't be fair to my clients, you know, my patients. So I think when I'm done, that's when I'll get into rehab counseling. Um, but for now, I think just a career that allows me to do both is what I need to focus on. Yeah. And I think health and wellness like goes well with athletics. Yeah, it does for sure. Yeah. So, okay. Well, um, everything that you had to say was super amazing. I feel like this will help other people realize they're not alone in their, their, any type of struggles, like your performance Mm -hmm. anxiety or like physical issues, um, things like that. So yeah, thank you for everything that you shared. Do you have anything else to add? Um, I think, no, just thank you so much. I think what you're doing is amazing. I think more people need to know like you're not alone and what you're going through. Someone went through because I know when I was at my lowest, I felt like I could look around. I'd see teammates and coaches just perfectly fine floating. They have no issues where I'm like, I'm drowning in issues. So I think like having people know that they're not alone is the most important thing. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Rose Metal Foundation. If you missed the last podcast, our guest was Oregon State track runner and nurse student, Maddie Furman. In that episode, we discussed transferring schools, handling setbacks, and how to deal with feeling like you left your sport not feeling done yet. Up next, we will have softball player Mackenzie Moore Bauman as our guest. In that episode, we will be talking about homesickness, recovering from a pretty big and unique injury, coaches not believing in her, and the transition out of college athletics. Become a supporter of the Rose Metal Foundation by making a donation at www.rosemetalfoundation.org forward slash donate. So far, we have shared the stories of 40 current and former athletes, and we have a mentorship program called Championship Mentoring.